talking to the sharks right now. Get them hype right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it, and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it goes. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. It's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll. Let's roll. Let's roll. Welcome to episode 39 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, two stripes. And this is Phil Kors, A2, blue belt, one stripe. And Philly, this week, uh, I know we're both really excited to, to put this out there. We, um, we were at Toro Cup 14 uh, to help the Davini family um, a couple weeks ago. And we had the privilege to talk to eight different black belts and ask them the same three questions. So, um, whenever we were kind of thinking of these questions, we wanted them to be open-ended, right? So that they could go kind of anywhere yeah. that they wanted to with the questions. And, and they did. There was a, a consistent uh, theme um, of consistency throughout yeah. the, uh, the, the advice that was given. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. So, um, the eight black belts are Jeremy Arell. Arell. Uh, from Great Grappling, Dave Kedash from High Road, Trey Pace from uh, Team Rock, Daniel Frank from Evolution, or sorry, Revolution BJJ, and uh, DeAndre Corby, Jake Whitfield, John Shell, and last and certainly not least, world champion Jao Miao. Yeah, no, it was really cool. I, this is the best podcast we've done to date. Asking uh, these questions kind of really let them go in whatever direction they felt was important for both them and other people and you know it's all really good advice obviously so everybody's been a black belt for or everybody like them who has been a black belt has been training for a very long time so they have really good insights on what you should be doing yeah and just when you said that our best podcast today i kind of put together our best podcast today equals we talk less they talk more of course yeah yeah that's a good point phil easily the best one (laughs) so without further ado everyone here it is We've got Trey Pace here with the BJJ Campaign Podcast. Uh, Trey, we're asking three questions, um, and, and and again, this is just from your own experience. Yeah. What is the best advice you've ever received about jujitsu? Just have fun. Have fun. That's yeah. your best. I, I love that. That's good. Yeah. I love that uh, advice. Yeah, I think, like from a competitive standpoint, uh-huh. from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. If you're not having fun, you're usually not going to perform well. And if you're not having fun, you're not going to train well. So for me, it was always, I always bring it back to do just have fun. That's awesome. And you compete a lot. I want to delve into that just a little bit more because you compete a lot. I've seen you at at, at U.S. Grappling and all all these tournaments. You're always super calm and super happy, that have fun attitude. For for people who struggle, just for example, I I went and did a deep meditation. Some people would call it hypnosis, uh, guided meditation, deep meditation with someone because I had had anxiety. And I was a wrestler. I competed at... Yeah, hundreds, if not thousands, of times yeah. in wrestling, and uh, but I would always have that anxiety, and I think a lot of people suffer from that. Um, it, whenever I did that deep meditation, it really helped me. Okay. What did you a Did you ever have that? And B, if so, or if you help people deal with it, what is your advice on that? Just the anxiety portion. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
I would say it's going to be there regardless. Uh-huh. I think where you said it's it's just how you deal with it. Yes. Everyone deals with it a little bit differently. For me, um, the military helped me with a lot of that because coming from a military background. Sure. Being in you know shitty situations and then being able to push through it definitely helps. But I think more of the fact of just getting in my own head and saying this is nothing but a jujitsu match. Yeah. And just saying, look, it's just jujitsu. One, I'm not getting punched in the face. I'm not getting shot at. Like it could be way worse. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So points. you know, it's good like points. great points. <laughs> I'm just gonna have fun. So that's kind of usually what Dude, I'm thinking awesome. about. Dude, that's awesome. I love that. Thank you. And uh, the next question is, what's what's uh, the best advice you feel like you've ever given and it doesn't have to be someone an individual it can be a group what what is your best advice to give to people who are starting out in jiu-jitsu because that's really a, a lot of who listens to the podcast or these folks those white belts that are starting out yeah what's the best advice you can give to them um i would say one have fun with it sure like we said before um two i would tell them to progress at their own pace I think that's a big problem starting out with jiu-jitsu is that people often compare themselves to other people in the gym yeah and whether that guy came from or girl came from a wrestling background or a judo background or just grappling or MMA background um, people I did it right when I first started out like I'd see the guy I, I used to train um, in Gracie Baja Clearwater mm-hmm. and AJ Agazar was coming up at the time that sure. he's doing some weird stuff now but he the, is doing some weird <laughs> stuff now but at the time it, that was not his personality but I was we were kind of training around the same time and I remember just comparing myself to him and being like dang well, he just won worlds. I have to win worlds. And then when I didn't, it was like devastating almost, you know. So, um, and then talking to other people and other coaches, um, mainly Ryan Hall, you know, he's the one that explained to me. It's like, dude, you progress at your own pace. And I wasn't brown belt until I figured it out. But I think that would be my advice. Is wow, hey, it took you to brown belt. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, dude. It was... It is was, that when Ryan long... Hall gave you that advice? Yes, definitely. Yeah, and that was when it clicked. Oh, Ryan Hall really good at jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, if, you've been, if you've never seen it before, you go watch. Check him out. Um, but yeah, he explained that to me. He was like, "You're better than you think you are," because I had trouble kind of believing that I was as good yeah. as he thought I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like a good coach should bring that out in you. But that was his thing to me. Was like, "Hey man, like stop comparing yourself to other people. Compete. Go do your thing. Just." what happens happens learn from it if you lose if you win from it you know learn what you need to kind of adjust and go win the next big thing so yeah that would be my advice is you know, progress at your own don't get wrapped up in the belts just learn i love that i love that advice and so many people you know you see it on the forums all the time right they're they're comparing it and, and i learned early on i mean i'm yeah. old i'm 48 years old i started when i was 46 you know We're doing it man. yeah exactly no that's yeah. exactly right and i'm having fun doing it. but but I, that's great advice because people do compare themselves to others and you yeah. have to compare yourself to what you were a week ago a month exactly. ago a year exactly ago. and it's hard yeah. to do that sometimes. it's really hard that's why i love that. using video yeah. um, even in the gym my coach our mma coach at the gym coach says i always see he videos every training session and you know same that's kind awesome. of thing guys will get frustrated he'll be like look this was two months ago. You barely could throw a jab. You're rounded up. Now it's crisp, you know. So that's one little area that you've improved. Yeah. Now over the next couple of years, you're going to see that happen with your whole game. And I think it's the same with jiu-jitsu. Folks, that's a, that's a gym right there. That is a gym. Um, last question. Mm-hmm. And um, this one, I, I kind of struggled with the wording on it. but mm-hmm. Because I don't think anything is a waste of time in jiu-jitsu, whatever you okay. go to. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like, if at any time in your journey, that you spent too much time on, right? You, Again, I don't like to say wasted time on, because I think that 
that everything has a, a benefit. Yeah. And my my for example is I really spent six months di- diving deep into lasso. Yeah. And it's something that I'm, I I don't hardly even okay. use anymore. Yeah. But I can defend it, so it wasn't a waste of time. Right. right. You know. I would say um, one thing that. I like to coach on is learn according to your body type. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time watching Marcelo Garcia. But he's like this tall, right? So he's got short limbs. So it was yeah. a different body type. Not that the stuff that he does I wouldn't be able to do, but I would probably be better off watching like Hodger Gracie. Yes. So you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? And that was another thing that again Ryan Hall had explained to me. And once I figured that out, I was like, okay, check, that makes sense. The same with wrestling, right? Like I'm not gonna watch these short little dudes blast double legs. Yeah. I'm not gonna be good at the double necessarily, but I can ankle pick like crazy. Yeah. I sure, long arms. arms. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't say yeah, like you said, it's not a waste of time to learn any of that stuff, but right. if you wanna progress a little faster, I would say look at the guys around your body type and study them as opposed to, you know, if you're five foot nothing and that wide the triangle might not be your movement. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So yeah. Um, you might want to learn the Kimura and the guillotine and those types of moves. So that yeah. might be, I think, where I would That's really cool awesome. advice. I like that. Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of tend to gravitate towards those people, like, right. like moves and stuff, but yeah. may not put all that together. That's exactly. Cool. And it's, you see it in wrestling, you see it in every other martial art. It's not that not learning that stuff is not important. Yeah, but learn the stuff that you know you're gonna be able to pull off. Yeah, because I see it in my gym all the time. We got guys that'll come in and they're really good at the lasso, but they're trying to do like single leg X. And I'm like, well, dude, but why not continue to do what you're good at and build on that? It's not that you've mastered it, need to move on. No, like figure out all the nuances and everything. Yeah. No, I think that's great advice. Yeah. 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 Trey, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. BJJ Campaign Podcast. If you ever get a chance, check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got Daniel Frank here from Revolution BJJ, and uh, Daniel, thanks for coming on. What we what we're doing is a compilation episode, so we're asking the same three questions to a bunch of different uh, black belts. Yep. And um, and uh, just to kind of set it up in the context of what the BJJ Campaign Podcast is, it, our audience is mostly white belts, just like jujitsu. It's mostly white belts, right? You know, yeah. and we're trying to. You know, kind of shorten the learning curve and and uh, Phil and I ourselves are blue belts, and so really early in our in our uh, campaign. Yeah. Uh, but so the first question is, what's the best jujitsu advice you've ever received? Um, well, I'd have to say I picked up a lot of advice over the years, but uh, maybe when I was getting ready for the either the pans or the worlds when I was a brown belt. Um, I had to travel from Korea back to the States in order to do that. So I would be training at Cobrina's gym for training camps. But my friends trained at Heidi Ojo's school. And Heidi Ojo is an old school Carlson Gracie black belt. Think of Fabled Ishmael, but a little calmer. And you got Hey. And uh, I went into one of their classes. And he had a couple guys... um, he had a couple guys getting ready for the tournament, and what he said to them was, hey, I know you guys are getting ready for the tournament, but don't forget, this guy you're going against, he's got one dick, two balls, just like you. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was funny, but it, it made those guys feel comfortable, and it's like, yeah, you're not going against Superman. You're going against somebody yeah. who's just like you. And so... That stuck in my mind where it's like, yeah, if you ever get nervous, you're like, whatever. It's just another person. One dick, two balls. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Um, Second question, kind of along the same vein, not the best advice you've ever received, but something in, it may be just a particular point in somebody's journey 
and and it was the best advice you felt like you've ever given um i don't know that's a tough one so i've taught for a long time so i've given a lot of advice sure um i guess usually when it comes down to competition i tell a lot of my students who are competing i tell myself when i do it when you get to a stable position when the scrambles are done you get to something like a guard a half guard a mount a side control take a breath right relax if you panic bad things happen transitions bad things happen if you could get stable take a breath get your head together then you can win the match so staying calm just like those dumb t-shirts like stay calm and win yeah 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 100 i I totally agree yeah yeah my our professor john plyler gave me that similar advice you know whenever i was very new uh white belt and i was a wrestler so i had two minutes of fury you know you've seen those assholes come in you know and 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 he just he, he took my chest and he goes just just breathe calm down yeah you know and it was like oh like hit a light switch for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, the last question, uh, and I had I had a struggle with the wording on this because I don't think that anything in jujitsu is a waste of time, mm. right? Having said that, I probably spent way too long on lasso guard. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I spent six months really del- del- deep diving into lasso guard. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not because now I'm better at defending lasso guard. You know, there's there's a lot of things in that. My question to you is what. What, what is there anything that you felt like you spent more time than you should have in jiu-jitsu on? Um, well, I think, like, if you spend six months at, like, Lasso Guard, that's not a waste of time. I agree, like, yeah. Uh, it's just a, a drop in the bucket compared to, like, the jiu-jitsu journey. So I spent a year working on a choke I can do from deep half. And then after a year, I found that it's not really practical. And I don't mind doing that. that I don't think that was a waste of time because I found maybe... 10 to 12 things that I could do and then a thousand things that I couldn't do. But I think one of the things that I see, and I know it happens at a lot of gyms and I'm not going to knock these gyms, but when some people waste time with the warm-up and they stretch it out to where it chews into most of the teaching time. So if you're running a 20 to 30 minute warm-up, you are... I've seen a lot of them. Like, we don't That's do tough. any warm-ups. That's way tough. Yeah. We say I mean, when max you come five up, minutes. Like. Well, even in seminars, too. Like, when we teach class, we expect people to be warmed up, get on the mat, and then start doing jujitsu. Instead of running in circles and doing these side-to-side stretches, practice an armbar, practice a triangle, practice anything. But then you could do a hundred things better than just solo stretching. Do it at the end. That's crazy. Right? That's the yeah. best time. Awesome. Awesome. Daniel, uh, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Great match today, too, yes, by the thank way. You, Michael Sandin. Really good. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate thank you. It. Thanks, man. So, yeah, of course. Of course. I'm just going to try to get close because I'm holding the microphone. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll, I'll be, be uncomfortably close. Yeah. <laughs> I think I had you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that close. Super good point. Yeah. Super good point. Uh, fresh off his. Uh, his uh, match with uh, Zhao Miao, world champ. We got uh, DeAndre Corby here with us. Uh, and DeAndre, we're, we're asking um, a lot of different folks that have been doing jiu-jitsu for a very long time right. the same three questions. We're going to do a compilation episode. And, uh, and so just 
it, and just to give you the context behind the questions, our audience is a majority, just like jujitsu, is a majority white belts. Okay, right? yeah, that's you know? awesome, man. It's you the best belt. Yeah, exactly. it is, right? There's yeah. no pressure, no expectation. Yeah, right? You have that mind, right? Um, so with that in mind, what's the best advice that you've ever received uh, about jujitsu? In terms of jujitsu, I actually I learned a lot from my instructor. I have multiple, like, my gym has uh, like multiple black belt instructors, old school guys, man. And the uh, thing I learned from them the most and the best advice was uh, consistency and longevity beat, like, intermittent intensity. It does. Uh, I see guys, they, they, they take long breaks, they go hard, like, five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week, and then I don't see them for, for a couple months. And you're, it's very hard to get good like that. I think as long as you're training consistently and you're you're keeping healthy, the longer you stay, I think the better. And then, as opposed to like just going hard, like having I don't like for me, I don't like doing like fight camps or like tournament uh, training up to tournament. I, th- I think you should train all year round and then just tweak your training depending on what's happening, with what's what's going on in your season. So like uh, if I got three tournaments lined up, nothing really changes. I'm still training every day. I just get, like vary the training a little bit change it around a little bit just to get prepped up never do i take like super long breaks so what's and sorry this is an aggie that made me have another think of another question what's the longest period of time you've taken off for for like an injury or otherwise whatever whatever it was i've been training 10 years in september maybe Maybe two days. I take it. Get days. out of here! No, yeah. no. Like, yeah, two days. Like, there's intermittent. Like one day, I'll I'll take off. But like for the most part, after a tournament, usually my me and my brother are in in the gym in the morning training. Right. right? Like usually because my brother, we just I just graduated college and my brother's in college and all throughout we started jujitsu like when we were in middle school, right? Or when I was in middle school, he was in elementary school, and then. Ever since then, we trained every day, and after training, we'll train. Uh, we train right away, man. It's like in the morning, we're drilling. Me, me, like the next morning, me and my brother are drilling before school. We'll, we'll drill before school just to get it in. And it doesn't have to be hard. We're just moving around just to get. Let's it, it, just in case it active it, recovery. Yeah, yeah. To kind of go and to go over the stuff that you probably would have liked to have done better. Exactly, right? and it's yeah. well, it's fresh in your mind. Right? Deep you know? learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, uh, making those grooves. Yeah, man, it's fresh in your mind. And, uh, to be honest, man, I don't think you need breaks for jiu-jitsu. I think you could, you, you could still train. You could still train. Like, me and my brother train seven days a week, right, multiple times a day. But it doesn't mean every, every training session we have is like a, a go uh, kill each other, right? Not, not even in every session we spar. We, in the morning, like I said, in the morning before, uh, before now I work, right? I, I have a regular job, and then my brother does. That sucks. I, uh, <laughs> hey, man. It, it's fun, man. It's right fun. Man. It's right, fun. Right. But, like, before work, uh, we get a, I get a drilling, our drilling. And, that's, and it's not hard. We got a good sweat going. We're moving around. We feel good at the end of the training session, feel like we got something done. And then if it's a light day, maybe that'll be our only training session. If we got a tournament, like, like for example, I, yesterday we just drilled. We just drilled. Yeah, I yeah. had a tough match today, so feel well rested. Got a good night's sleep and, and drilled a little bit. Maybe some light sparring just to move around, break a sweat. But that's pretty much it. But I don't think you should take uh, long breaks long, unless you're injured. You know, yeah, even, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even when you're injured, you can still. My my instructor said, like even even when you're injured, you could just modulate your training. Trust your training. You should have a have a trust in your training partners where you know you could get something good. You get a good training session without like re-injuring. You know. Yeah, yeah. 
No, that's great advice. And and so so just to give you a story, and this has been the longest I've had to take off. And I was off, I was out seven days because I popped a rib, right? Right. I, uh, uh, but whenever I say take off, I didn't really take off because what I did is I worked on my hip mobility. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I was doing things that because I knew if I was sparring or anything like that, or if I was doing fundamentals, if I twisted a certain way, that rib injury doesn't get better. Right. Right. You know, but. It wasn't that I was taking off. It was that I was doing that mobility training, make, yeah. trying to make my other parts of my jiu-jitsu better. And, and that being said, there's other ways to ju- do jiu-jitsu. It doesn't have to be physical. Yeah. You can study. You can study yeah. and watch. YouTube is an amazing thing. And then all the online like training training uh, da- databases. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like I know a lot of big gyms have like their online training. Andrew Smith right and, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Revolution. No, yeah. I used to watch that. I used to be on their YouTube channel every day. And I, know. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I love it. So thank you. So we're going to turn around for the second question. Mm-hmm. Not the not the best advice you've ever received. What's the best advice that you could give to someone? Big thing, and I did. I just, just I've been doing it for about two year and a half, two years. Is never neglect your strength and strength training and nutrition. I think to, if you want to, like like I said at the beginning, the, the going back to that longevity, being able to train for a long time. Your strength training, and I'm not saying become a like go to the gym every day and just pump iron, right? Just do basic strength, educate yourself on strength training and nutrition, and then your jujitsu, you'll enjoy jujitsu so much more because you can be, you'll be on the mat more, man. You never get injured, and if your body is strong, not necessarily like like trying to get big numbers up on in the gym, but having like being like resilient. Your your body's resilient. You can train more, and then, uh, like I said, the longer you train, the better you'll get. What's your diet? What do you What do you follow? You know, I, I wanna. I forgot. I have a good friend, Rob Wilson. He's actually uh, he actually helped me a lot in that in that field, like in, in terms of strength, uh, strength conditioning, and uh, and nutrition. He's actually uh, one of the instructors at Art of Breath. If you guys want to check that out, Art of Breath is oh, like sure. a. It's like he, he basically goes in a deep dive in the, in the art and the science behind proper breathing. Yeah. And I've actually done some, like, a seminar. A seminar. You know, like when you see Hickson do that, that weird thing. Yeah, choke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually explaining why and what's going on there and what why different breathing patterns and what is, that, what is that saying to your body. Like, if you're breathing out your mouth, breathing out your nose. Well, he... Uh, what was the question I got kind of lost? No, no, your best advice that you could give. Then yeah. You said it. You you said your best advice is nutrition and, tra- and oh, yeah. strength training. Absolutely. What's my diet like, right? Yeah. Like, he told me, like, and he quoted somebody else. So I'm, I'm quoting somebody's quote, right? He's, like, yeah. he's saying... Uh, it's hearsay for the uh, the, the uh, judicious in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying, he said, I forgot. Uh, he's going to kill me for forgetting. But uh, he told me, someone said, if man made it, don't eat it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. That's what I follow. Yeah, yeah like, it's, and people may call it paleo and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I don't. I, Primal, yeah, paleo, yeah, they, whatever. Whatever name you give it, as, as long as if it's if it's coming from a box and it looks doesn't and, it, and you read the back and then on the label and it's like a bunch of scientific words that have like yeah. twenty eight letters on there, like you probably shouldn't eat it. That's right? exactly I, right. I heard if it didn't exist like a hundred years ago, you probably shouldn't. Eat yeah, it. and and there's there's uh, and sometimes I'll have like like. I'm not saying I eat like that out the 100%. Like pr- probably after this, I'll I'll go ho- I'll enjoy a, a dinner with my team, whatever that we we're gonna go eat. I don't care. Yeah. But for the most part, I'll eat things that are not less processed. You know, it just makes me feel good. Yeah. And then 
a lot of that is because I, I learned that through jiu-jitsu because 100%. I wanted to compete a lot. So I like again, I educated myself on nutrition and and strength training just to just to make sure I'm on the mat and I'm 100% on the mat, you know. Yeah, and and you know, too, you know, I did that same thing whenever I started. I was like best thing for to supplement and get cardio in, in mm. jiu-jitsu and then the first thing that came up was steroids well i wasn't going to do right, that right, right. and then the second <laughs> thing was nutrition and so i started doing that i was like holy shit man there's something to this oh yeah oh yeah there's something to this it's big all, time it's like when you start getting in a good groove of it's not even just a diet it's like more of a better eating habits yeah like once you start getting in the groove of that man it's just like when you go back to eating crappy food if you do it you feel like like you don't want to do it shit. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you feel like don't you go on the mat like, the next day, like, like oh, you're like, God, yeah. I, feel I don't want to do this, man. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what, too? That discipline, it it breeds discipline in other words, in others, because a lot of times whenever I go out and somebody says, "Oh, come on, Jeff, take this," and there, and somebody be like, "You don't eat that shit, man." Right. Yeah. yeah. You don't eat that shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so that that discipline breeds discipline in others, mm. and and they see that example. It's just yeah, it's smart. Thank uh, you. Yeah, it's all it. I to be honest, man, because. It's something you're putting in your body. I think it should be, it should, you should know what you're putting in your body and how it affects you. And every like, and I, I know a big thing about nutrition. Everybody's is very individual. So yeah. what I eat may make me feel good, different from what you eat. Right. right? But right. Uh, as long as you like, you kind of have to dial into that. Like, maybe I like eating a certain food. It makes me feel good. Maybe it's you're totally it totally messes you up on the mat. You know? Sure. So, and you gotta. I think the cool thing about uh, what jujitsu has given me is like. I'm my own. I'm on my own experiment. I'm my own scientist ex- experiment, right? I, I do like whatever I want to try. I'll do it on myself. If it works, good. I'll keep it. If it doesn't, throw it out. You know. And you're highly tuned, man. Highly tuned competitor. So you're going to notice the little shit, man. Not like like when if you're eating crappy stuff, you're not going to notice the little stuff that you do. If you make an improvement on your nutrition and you eat something bad, like you said, you feel like shit whenever you're yeah, rolling. I'm like, oh, don't eat that again. Yeah, yeah that's you, it. Yeah. Uh, last question, yeah, DeAndre, man. and this is, um, I, had a, I had a tough time figuring out the wording of this, because I don't think anything's a waste of time in jiu-jitsu. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm Phil and I are blue belts, you know, we don't know anything. But, but like, I spent six months on Lasso Guard. I probably shouldn't have spent that. I could have, that could have been what better spent fundamentals or something else, right. right? Is there, in your, in your jiu-jitsu campaign, is there anything that you're like, man, I look back and I'm like, all right, yeah, it probably wasn't a waste of time because I know how to defend it better. Mm. But is there any part of your game where you were like, I probably could have not spent so much time on that? Um, and it's okay if they, you, you they, say no. Let me think about it. Let me get, like, think about waste of time. I don't think there's a particular technique, but I'll tell you this. I think a waste of time is going on like a YouTube uh like a deep YouTube rabbit hole, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you watch YouTube, you know, like the algorithm Too for the, you know, know like you the the, al- <laughs> the algorithm for YouTube is to keep you on YouTube, yeah. Right? Or any not necessarily YouTube. Anytime you're on Instagram or anything like that, like it's cool to see, but once you like, like if you keep if you're on there all the time, you start getting all these different techniques in your head, and like and like oh, I'm gonna work on that, I'm gonna work on that. Oh, I'm gonna save that on Instagram and do that the next day, and then sometimes. It's so like almost like information overload. Yeah. Like, you, you don't go. You go in like a bunch of different directions. Like, like a foot in a bunch of different directions. You know, like as opposed to like staying in one direction, going all the way through. Like, you know, what? I think you should be positionally, and when you're doing jujitsu, you should focus on one position while maintaining your other positions if you want to learn. But 
that YouTube or that Instagram information overload, man, it kind of hinders your progress, you know? Yeah. And, you, and YouTube and, and all that online stuff is never a replacement for a, a instructor, right? Oh, an instructor no, no. that actually, like, study, like, is on on the mat with you every day. You, you give you advice and, and give you, like, feedback instantly. And I think a lot of people get lost in that watching YouTube. I Don't get me wrong, man. I watch YouTube. I watch technique. I, I go on Instagram. But two or three techniques and I'll stop. Don't don't go don't be honest. I'm with you, man. Don't. I gotta stop or I'll sit there all freaking night. Oh, yeah, just right. go through that. And you start losing well, sleep over it. To that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what do you do? How do you counter that? You're like Delhiva sweeps, Delhiva counters, Delhiva passes, and then you're like now you can't sleep because you're thinking too much. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no man. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, check uh, DeAndre Corby out. Uh, fantastic match, and thank you so much for making the time for us. Really yeah, appreciate yeah. it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, great yeah, job. Man. Appreciate it. Okay, we're here with Jeremy Arrow, and we're gonna ask the same couple questions uh, that we've been asking everybody else. So the first one is the best advice you've ever received about jiu-jitsu. Well, right on. So uh, early on, I really valued competition a lot. I would say that I got in jiu-jitsu to compete. I had those aspirations of being an MMA fighter. <clears throat> and my coach approached me and he said, uh, Jeremy, you can win your division every time that you compete in your division but you're not in your division. And that was his nice way of telling me that I was fat and I needed to lose some weight. Um, and he was right, you know, we need to understand that Jiu-Jitsu is about leverage. A lever is a mechanical device that multiplies force. That lets us know that force is still part of the equation and sure. part of force is mass. And so uh, that is why we have weight classes and understanding that um, is an important thing early on. Cool, yeah. And the best advice you've ever given could be today. <laughs> the best advice I've ever given. Man, I, I give a lot of advice. Um, I guess um, just don't quit. You know, if, if, if you have a quality program with a quality instructor, a good community around you, and you keep going to class, um, it's really difficult to not get better. But what ends up happening is the, the increases in your skill as, as you progress become so small, so minute. Just like, think about well, weightlifting. You know, you start weightlifting early on, you make these big gains, it's really easy to see, and then you hit these plateaus and you will struggle to get a, a two pound increase, you know, yeah. on a max. And, and jujitsu is kind of like that as well, except we don't have plates to put on that you can visually see your progress, especially when you and your peer group are all progressing together they're learning alongside you they're training alongside you to make gains in relation to someone else can can really be difficult so don't lose heart you know just keep going uh getting better at jiu-jitsu is about practice and so the more mat hours you get uh the better off you'll be so just don't quit yeah we had recently talked about this where it's you know you start out and you can see so much progress so fast and then you get to a point where it's you're pretty confident in the majority of self-defense kind of situations mm -hmm. and then if this guy's been training three years longer than you and he trains five times a week just like you do it's not Absolutely. gonna be it's gonna be really hard to see those incremental gains there. i agree <laughs> and then the last question is um is there anything you felt that maybe you wasted time on in jiu-jitsu whether it's a position or uh, a technique mm -hmm. or um for example i feel like i spend my comfort zone example for a, uh, would be like closed guard mm -hmm. and I need to get out of that and I need to you know experiment and try to get better at other areas so is there anything like that you feel like you might have wasted time on no I, th I think it all builds into understanding how the puzzle fits together and so I, I have views on uh, jujitsu it's a lot like a 10,000 piece puzzle mm -hmm. and 
at first, it's really hard to get perspective on what the puzzle is actually the picture of, you know, like what the picture of jujitsu is. But there comes a point where you have enough pieces where you can understand the outline, like, like when you're putting together a puzzle, right? And so it doesn't really matter what order you practice the things in. You don't want to be too one-dimensional. It makes it very easy to coach against you um, and set up strategies against you. And so you want a diverse game. My goal, my my suggestion would be um, step up to the buffet of jiu-jitsu, listen to your instructor at first. Building that foundation and the fundamentals is, of course, very important. Uh, for me, the foundation positions are side control, mount, close guard, and back. Understand those pretty intimately before you start moving into some of the larger spaces, which can be a little bit more chaotic to deal with. But if, you're, if you have a good instructor that has a quality program and has kind of ordered those things for you, uh, I don't think you're really wasting time even when you work on things that are outside of what would be mechanically advantageous for you or not because uh, you'll understand them intimately if you ever need to uh, teach them to someone, but chances are there will be someone that will use that particular skill set against you, and if you understand it, it makes it easy to troubleshoot or defend against. So I wouldn't sense. say I wasted time, but um, I would definitely hit the, the foundation first and then and then just take you where your heart goes, but have a focused approach to your training. You know, if, if you're going to work inverted guard and that's what you're going to work, you know, I went on a tangent for that for a couple of years, um, then really go in and work on that with a purpose. But um, what you're working on, you know, ask your professor if you trust them. If you don't, find a new professor. That's good advice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. No problem. I'm Dave Keedash from High Road BJJ. Very good. So today on the podcast, you, are you good, Phil? Yeah. Okay. We've got Dave Keedash, High Road Revolution, a great sponsor of the Toro Cup. We're here at Toro Cup 14. Uh, so we got three questions for you. And the first question is... What is the best advice you ever received in jiu-jitsu? And if you have to think of it in a context, um, our audience is a lot, a lot of newer white belts. Uh, um, you know, we're blue belts. Um, you know, so we're, we're very early in our campaign. Um, and so what is the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received? Mm -hmm. you got to stay patient. You have to uh, believe in yourself and understand that just because you might be at the lower end of the belt spectrum doesn't mean you're not doing something special compared to the rest of the population of the globe. You're already elite just by doing jiu-jitsu. And if you remind yourself of that, it doesn't mean you can't be brilliant as a white belt or a blue belt. You know, there's a lot of war heroes in the military that were the lowest ranking people in the service and they have parade fields named after them with high medals. I believe jiu-jitsu is the same way. You can absolutely do great things at any belt color and just be patient with it. Very good, thank you. And now, it's kind of switching around a little bit. What's the best advice you've ever received? Uh, best advice I've ever received? Yeah. Again, to be patient. You know, when, you, when you've done other martial arts and you feel like you moved faster, it's not a, it's not a direct correlation or comparison. What you bring in terms of your character is what you bring, but it doesn't always play out in the same time frame. So sometimes people get impatient and then they self-defeat. You just have to believe that every day is another penny in the penny jar and it's going to add up. And uh, you're going to have more hard days than good days. But you know, that's advice I learned earlier on when uh, I wasn't catching on right away. I'm like, I just can't do this. But you can, is what I was told. Great. Very good. Thank you. And the, the last question, and I had, I struggled with, I struggled with the phrasing, the wording of this question, because I don't think anything is a waste of time in jiu-jitsu. But 
it, 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 you know, and I'll give it for example. I spent a lot of time on lasso guard. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a waste of time, but it's not a guard that I use today. What What is something that you spent time on in your own personal BJJ campaign that that you would have, or is there anything that you would have said, eh, I could have spent less time on that, more time on this? I'll say this, and it's kind of like teaching certain things that might be considered off off the grid for like a white belt, like say heel hooks or something. Mm-hmm. I believe there's value in all of it simply because even if you don't do it, even if it's not going to be your game, as they say, you still need to be aware that it exists because you could get caught in it and you still need to know how to address it. So I don't think there's any wasted time. I think a, a, you know, a diverse introduction to everything doesn't hurt. Where you specialize, there should be your fundamentals, you know, hip control, basic movement, the jiu-jitsu you're going to do forever. Yeah. Uh, there is some stylish guard systems and, and advanced techniques, but you don't see people doing them as much as shrimping and escaping, right? So there's probably a reason for that, and that's what I tell people. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's funny you say that because it just it was literally like a month ago. Um, John, I trained under John Plyler at Fight to Win in Denver, North Carolina, me and Phil both. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and I was like, I was looking around, and, and he said something about, yeah, you know how you move your hips whenever you swim your legs. You know, you're doing the leg circles, egg beaters, whatever. Sure. I was like. No. He <laughs> was like, he was like, all right, Jeff, come on, let's go. And so he was like, yeah, no, you move your hips. And I was like, oh, okay, I got it now. And that's a fundamental movement. Exactly. You know. And, and I harp on a lot. I'm, I'm an older guy, but you know, I still hold my own with the 20 year olds that are trying to wreck you because they just, they just know their go-to move, which is aggression, strength, sure, fitness. People are like, man, you're, you're not even winded. It's like, because I know where to put my energy. And a lot of that has to do with putting yourself in good spots to begin with. And it took me a while. Like, I'm not an attacker guy. I'm a defender and escaping guy. But I'm learning, you know, as a black belt, as I teach every other day, you know, the fundamentals are what matter. And you start to see them more and more in the more technical jiu-jitsu. And then you can pick apart your next move. I tell people I don't have an answer for every move. I understand how things feel. I know how I want my base, and I know where I want my hips, and that's my base for my next moves. So that's my thoughts on that. And and Dave, thank you so much for what you do for your sponsorship at Toro Cup and the great things you're doing with High Road Revolution. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you guys, and thank you for the time. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, brother. We're here with John Shell from Shell Shock BJJ, uh, Team Hubal Karaoke. And uh, John, today we're asking three questions. Um, and the first question is, what's the best advice that you've ever received? And just maybe keep in mind that we have a majority white belt audience. Mm. Um, and maybe direct it towards that or not, whatever you feel like. But, uh, but yeah, the best advice you've ever received about jiu-jitsu. Um, the best advice talking about closed guard position I've ever received was making sure my elbows are locked out completely and making sure that I'm looking at the sky and not what my opponent is doing down below. So a lot of times people get in the habit of their elbows will bend a little bit. It's very easy for the person on bottom to pull them in. Uh, Also, if I'm looking down, that makes my posture uh, look down also and so it's very easy for the opponent down there to pull back in so once I started doing that I started having a lot of success opening the guard things like that uh, early on you know and then uh, going forward later on 
it's just uh, like uh, my instructor told me a long time ago, like we have a tournament coming up um, and, uh, like on that Saturday. And I was like, oh, well, I need to rest for like, you know, Thursday and Friday to make sure I'm OK for Saturday. It's like, oh, no, no, you need to be in here every day of the week. That way, you know, it's fresh in your mind. And for a while, I didn't understand that concept. But then it started really making sense because when you take a step back, yeah, your body heals up. But early on, you're, you know, you take those, those time, that time off and then you start losing pieces that you, that you, you had before, you know. I so, love that. So uh, it wasn't until you get more skill that things really stick with you and you could take you know, a little bit of time. Yeah, and not have to worry about them being the go-to move and practicing them and drilling them every day. That's right. Excellent. Awesome. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Second question. Kind of just a role reversal. Not the best advice you've ever received, but the best advice that you've ever given. And it's in any context of jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Whatever, however you want to apply that. Um, let me see. And I've heard some really good advice. Okay, so given. I have this, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have this, um, this thing I usually tell people, it's uh, somebody told me a long time ago, and um, so I repeat it to my students too. It's you know, it's like uh, you got to be very careful when you first start jujitsu. Um, you know, you have all your friends and everybody from you know your your private life. They're not going to understand your journey in martial arts. They're not going to understand why you go in and you beat up yourself and and you come back and you're tired and you're sore. They're not going to understand that, and they're going to try to, they're going to try to be like, "Come on, come on, hang out with us. You don't have to go tonight. Like you're there all the time. Don't worry about it, you know." And so it's like crabs in a bucket. So you know, when you have a bunch of blue crabs in a bucket, one's trying to escape the bucket. You'll have all these other crabs pinching at it, pulling them back in the bucket. And so you need to understand that you want to be that crab that gets out of the bucket and changes his life, and not the one that keeps getting pulled back in so that's that's the that's the like every once in a while everybody you know people are like hey are you gonna have the crabs in a bucket talk (laughs) that's your go-to talk i love that but i i say it every you know i think you know um once every six months or so because you got a new cycle of white belts exactly (laughs) so people have to hear that because what happens is uh you get white belts in and then you know, their friends are like trying to pull them back in the bucket, pull them yeah. back in the bucket. It might be alcohol, it might be drugs, it might be a lot of different things. You know, it might be a bad relationship. So I'm like, I gotta have the crabs in the bucket talk again. It might that. be a girlfriend that's just trying to keep them home. You know, yeah, it's just a lot of things. No man, you you and you hit the nail on the head too. And and it's, you know, I've seen it with me. You know, you know, I whenever I started, I was fat slob and and you know out of shape and everything and then you know i was going yeah you know i was sore i was like fuck this hurts to do this this is hard to do this and like ah come on out have a beer i'm like nope i'm gonna do that man yeah i'm i'm, I'm in something now i right. had no friends so it was way easier yeah, Phil, does, yeah. <laughs> Phil only has jiu-jitsu friends now so it's perfect he's got the perfect situation um, and thank you and last question john i, I struggled with wording this question and here's why because I don't feel like anything's a waste of time in jiu-jitsu. Right. But I also feel like I spent way too long on lasso guard. <laughs> right? So if you were to look back at your, at your jiu-jitsu campaign, uh, what would you say 
And maybe, you see, maybe you're going to say absolutely nothing, and that's a perfectly fine answer. But what would you say is something, not that you wasted your time on, but you would have probably spent less time on? Um, I think that everybody goes through a lot of different things while they're training jiu-jitsu. I would say that the most important things are basic fundamental things. I think whenever people go into more advanced things and they try it before it's time to do those things, it makes them realize how important the fundamentals are. So 100%. I, I think that I think that it's it's gonna happen. People are gonna be, oh, I want to try Lassigo for example. Uh, I want to try it as oh, what's was warm guard? Keenan Cornelius. Yeah, what's his warm guard and this and that. <laughs> Screw all that, man. Like, get really good at the fundamentals. And it, that'll make you understand that the fundamentals are very, very important. And then once you do that, and everything else is going to fall into place. But yeah. I think that going too early into, you know, everybody wants to do it. I did it. I mean, I don't everybody. think there's a person yeah. out there that didn't go what was watch your thing? videos. What was your thing, though? What was your, like, little uh, uh, obsession? Because mine, mine is still I had, leg locks well, and entries. Well, I didn't really have an obsession because I my instructor very quickly, he's like, oh, come here, show me, show show this on me, you know, let me see this, and he I would start to do it to him, he just <laughs> smashed the crap out of me, and I was like, okay, not I gonna do that anymore. <laughs> so then I was like, I learned that, you know, if I come to him with something, it better be something that's that's sound and fundamental, otherwise. You know, it's not something I need to be doing. Yeah. So. And folks in the audience, uh, that's the third time we've heard fundamentals. So I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> I'm going to start fucking working on fundamentals more. I mean, I always do. I always feel that. I always said to Phil, you know, fundamentals, that's the way to go whenever we're doing the blue belt stuff. Thanks, man. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Whenever I got the blue belt, I told my professor, I'm like, I'm doubling down on, on helping with the kids. And doing fundamentals. Yep. And really committing to fundamentals. He's yep. like, good plan. So, everybody listen to that. John Shell, thank you so thank much. Thank you, man. Appreciate we appreciate it. you, thanks, man. Yeah, we appreciate lot, you man. and Sam both. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, man. This is the BJJ Campaign Podcast. This is Jeff Boone with Phil Kors. And we have a guest, Jake Whitfield. Jake, um, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on. Um, we have three questions that we've kind of been asking a lot of different people. And the first question is, what's the best advice about jiu-jitsu that you ever received? Oh, that's a, that is a tough one. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I think that different advice helps at different times. Sure. Helps different people at different times. Let me rephrase it. Yeah. Because our podcast is made up mostly of newer white belts. Right. Right. So, the best advice maybe when it, that was a long time ago yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if you remember that time but yeah but the best advice that you, that you you had received as a as a white man. well so the it wasn't like verbal advice uh-huh sure but see when I started training a long time ago right um, me and some friends had been practicing with like some tapes and some you know just like the Gracie basics and that type of thing and so there was a lot of moves that I thought that I knew and uh and I didn't like I had like I I I, I maybe looked at it and knew what it was but I couldn't actually do it and so I remember being a white belt and uh Spencer I torquing up was my instructor Mm -hmm. and uh and he taught a move and I looked at it and in my head I thought 
oh, I, I know how to do it. And so then uh, right away, he's like, okay, everybody go get with your partner, practice the move. And then we went to practice the move and I did it the way that I knew it in my head and it was completely wrong. And he came over and he, you know, said, I was like, what was that? It's like, oh, well, I was trying to do the move. He's like, okay, well, but you need to do it the way that I told you to do it. Mm -hmm. And so then he walked me back through it one step at a time, put your elbow here, do this, do that. And all of a sudden, magically the move works. So probably like the best advice I ever got for a white belt was do it the way I told you to do it. Yeah. I love that advice. I think that's great advice. And, and you know, I think we all have those preconceived notions on right. that type of stuff. You're like, oh, yeah, I've seen a Kimura a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I can do a Kimura. Right. And Phil lets go of a Kimura yeah. every single time. It's not good. Right. He doesn't do a Kimura. Yeah, and that's, that's like my favorite thing now is, is that anytime somebody comes out with like a fundamentals DVD or yeah. like blue belt requirements, I want to watch that. Yeah. When the new upside down La Pella Plata thing comes, I don't care. <laughs> Keenan yeah. Cornelius. Yeah, yeah. right. And, it's, and I mean, those guys, the guys doing that are great. Sure, of course they are. But when I hear a high level guy comes out with fundamentals, I'm like, that's, that's your Gracie. Let's that's go. That's the go. one I want. Right. <laughs> right. Very good. Um, second, second question. It's kind of a reversal of the first question. Mm -hmm. What's what's the best advice you've ever given? Or you feel that you've you've given, and again, you can preface that by saying it was to this person at this time, not name the person, just sure. just the the their kind of level or or, or, or anything or yeah. in general. I mean, it's it. The thing is, is that you have to. Um, so there's a guy named Roddy Ferguson. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Roddy Ferguson is, in my opinion, one of the most intelligent guys in the combat sports community. Okay. He uh, has several uh, doctorate degrees. He has several PhDs. And he was uh, on the Olympic team in judo. He competed in ADCC. Uh, he's just an amazing guy, super smart. His name's Roddy Ferguson. You should check him out. We will. And he, um, he put out a thing maybe like a year and a half ago where he said that whatever system you're in, you need to be part of that system. Okay. And that's what I try to remind people is like when they come into my school, I have a lesson plan. On Monday... The lesson, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, are all connected together. Yeah. Maybe you're not here for all three lessons, and that's fine. But there is that connection between them. And it's a system that if you follow what I teach Monday, what I teach Tuesday, what I teach Wednesday, you're going to get a result. And so that's my, my advice that I give to a lot of people, especially people who come to my school from another school, is that, like, hey, whatever you did before, that's great. You know, I'm not trying to discount what anybody else did or what anybody else taught you. But in my school, you need to follow the system that I have in place because it is a system of step-by-step -step how to actually get better. And so whatever system you're a part of, if you trust your instructor, you need to be in that, in that system. Yep. And if you don't trust your instructor, you shouldn't be training there. Makes right. sense. Agreed. Totally agree. Yeah. Great advice. Um, last question. And I had I struggled with... I struggled with wording this question because I don't feel like anything's a waste of time that you train mm -hmm. in jiu-jitsu. And I'll give you, for example, I spent six months in, with lasso guard. I rarely do it now. Right, right. But it wasn't a waste of time because I know how to defend yeah. better now. Right. Right? So what what would you say in in, in your campaign with jiu-jitsu was something that you would have spent less time on if, if given the option? Yeah, that's a tough one. Right? Um, no, it is. It is a tough one. So, 
I think people go through different seasons in their training. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I'm still a relatively young guy compared to a lot of people in the community. I'm only 34, but I've been around, I've been training for over half my life, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, when I was much younger, I definitely was a competitor. I was a fighter and I had the mindset of a competitor and a fighter where every round is about beating the person. Every round is about how do I, how can I solve the problem that's in front of me? Yeah. Um, and I do believe that that's healthy when it's, um, like, let's say you have two blue belts, 160 pounds, both of them are in shape and they're, you know, they're same level. I think those guys should absolutely be battling with each other every day. But different situation, if that 160-pound blue belt is rolling with a 145-pound white belt, you don't need to battle. Correct. You need to look at different ways to get something out of the roll. Um, And I spent a long time with that competitive mindset, with that mindset of wanting to win. And I wish that I had cared less about winning more often. But you're right. Nothing, nothing is uh, is wasted because, like, I just got tapped with a move. I probably saw it in a magazine or something once, and I looked at it and said, oh, "That'll never work." Well, and so I didn't pay any attention to it. And then Jeremy tapped me with it. Americana from the guard, right? I mean, he just passed your guard, right? Right. So it's it's like an Americana, but you don't actually hold the wrist. It's yeah. It's it's, it's an. It Ameri- was crazy. I saw it yeah. firsthand. I was like. Right, yeah. and so I saw it, maybe maybe 10 years ago, I saw it in a magazine or something, but I said, ah, that'll never work, so I didn't pay any attention to it. Then I got tapped with it. So then I had to go back and say, hey, Jeremy, show me that move. Yeah. You know, so nothing is wasted as long as you're learning. How long have you been training jiu-jitsu? Uh, like 18 years. And you still go back and ask, can you show me that move? That's really Oh, cool. yeah, if, if anybody, so first of all, if, if you're a white belt, you're a blue belt, if you see something work against a black belt, you need to find out what it is. Because black belts, if it works against a black belt, it works. Period, yes. Period, test, yeah. right? And so the same thing. If something works against me and I've never seen it before, i got to learn that move. If yeah. I don't learn it, then what am I doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, that's awesome. And, and I love that. I, I absolutely love that. And I think, I think you're spot on. You know, um, I think a lot of people get caught up. I know I did. And it was probably, I let go of it probably four months in mm-hmm. when, when I was caught up in, because I was a wrestler. I caught up in winning. And I was, by the way, I was 100 pounds heavier when I started jiu Right, right, right. Right? So, so I was a big person. Right. That's not a great recipe. Right. For a good training partner. Sure. And, and so once I let that go, and also, like you said, training, you know, so, some of the similar size, similar skill, yeah, go go right it's good and and as long as you guys have that understanding right Right. but that someone that's smaller a white belt take risks yeah right why why wouldn't you take every risk that you possibly could because guess what if you take those risks and you get put in a bad position they're a freaking white belt right (laughs) right you should be able to get out of it so i love that yep absolutely thank you jake whitfield ladies and gentlemen thank you guys that was awesome uh, Zhao, thank you for for uh, for a an entertaining match today with DeAndre Corby. He's tough, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's a tough guy. Uh, but the pressure, man, you had that pressure 
down on him too. It was, it was really impressive to watch. So thank you for being with us today. Zhao Miao uh, uh, for the BJJ Campaign uh, podcast, uh, world champion, uh, just recently off a world champ uh, victory. So congratulations on that. We've got three questions, three simple questions that we're going to ask. And, and we're asking multiple black belts these questions. Um, and just to put it in context, our audience, just like jiu-jitsu, is mostly white belts, right? So uh, keeping that in mind. But whatever your answers are, they are. Um, and the first question is, what's the best advice, best jiu-jitsu advice that you've ever received? Todo mundo fala, treinar bastante, que um dia você vai, você vai conseguir o que você quer. So what everyone says, uh, just train as much as you can, as much as possible, or train a little more than that, then you, one day you reach your goal. Nice, very good. Uh, and and so kind of going back in the other direction, what's the best advice you've ever given? Que eu dei, né? Que você já deu. Acho que é a mesma coisa. Treina bastante com uma hora vai só hora vai chegar. The same thing, train as much as you can and one day you're gonna reach a goal. Yeah. What? I like that because I think that that's very important and and something that's a, a big part is the consistency and the and that's what a lot of people have said the consistency throughout the journey. Um, when when did you just as a follow up question when did he know that training was going when did you know training was going to be your life? Quando você descobriu que o treino ia ser sua vida, de jiu-jitsu? Ah, foi no, logo nos primeiro, no primeiro ano, assim, que eu, que eu fiz jiu-jitsu lá na minha cidade natal, Andirá, eu descobri que era isso que eu queria, porque uma coisa que eu gostava, assim, que eu não via o tempo passar, e eu me sentia muito, muito bem fazendo, assim, e, tipo, até hoje, assim, eu não... Nunca, nunca, nunca você vai ver, me ver no tatame, assim, é, que é por obrigação. É sempre uma coisa que eu quero fazer. Não, sempre, sempre gostei de treinar, e gosto até hoje assim do mesmo jeito que quando eu era faixa branca. So like uh, when he, the first year they started training, he already knew that was gonna be for his life because really liked to be on the mat and like he wasn't the mat like he didn't feel the hours going you know, through the day and like and until uh, today like you're never gonna see him like upset on the mat you know so he's not gonna be there because he has to he's gonna be there because he wants to so that's yeah no thank you good and the last question Zhao is this um, and, and I don't believe there's any waste of time in Jiu Jitsu but in my own experience I felt like I spent too long at a certain point on lasso guard right so so what if, if anything what do you feel like in Jiu Jitsu and maybe the answer is nothing at all but what did you feel that you spent maybe more time on that, that you shouldn't have o que, que você gastou, tipo, qual tipo de técnica no jiu-jitsu que você gastou mais tempo na sua vida, assim? Ah, foi, eu gosto, sempre, na minha categoria, assim, sempre, todo mundo faz birimbolo e fifty, então, acho que essas duas posições a gente tem que estar afiada na nossa categoria, que é o, que é saber defender o birimbolo, que é saber fazer o birimbolo, saber atacar da fifty, quanto por cima e quanto por baixo. Isso é, like, easy vision. Uh, everyone does birimbolo when 50-50 guard. So he said that's most what he's been doing, like most like his, since we started competing. 
and uh, he said you need to know how to do a green ball, how to defend it, and how to attack from the 50 feet on, 50 feet on top and 50 on bottom, you know. So, so he doesn't feel like that was a waste of his time, though, right? Você não acha que isso vai ser um foi um tipo de gasto de tempo na Você não achou que foi você gastou tempo na sua vida? Gastei assim? não, é uma coisa eu que eu investi meu tempo nisso aí porque se eu consegui ganhar os campeonatos até hoje foi por causa disso porque eu sabia o que eu tava fazendo ali porque toda toda luta eu caio numa fifty ou no, tento fazer o brimbolo ou tô defendendo o brimbolo então. Ele disse like não, that was never a waste of time. It was like a, I put like investment, you know, at a time. And uh, if he knows what he knows today, is because he's he put a, like a lot of hours into it. And uh, awesome! Thank you, guys. Wow, some great insights from uh, all those black belts. Um, thanks to them for taking the time. Uh, and sorry for the background noise, but as I said, we were at Toro Cup. And uh, Philly, tell the folks uh, if they so choose how to uh, help us out, show their appreciation, what they can do. BJJCampaignPodcast.com, Facebook.com slash BJJCampaignPodcast, and we have a group on there too um, that we're trying to get videos and memes and all that good stuff kind of going on that group. So join that and uh, check that out. Instagram, uh, YouTube, all BJJ Campaign Podcast. Um, check it out. Shirts and patches are available on the website. Yes, and also uh, thanks to uh, Green Compass and my BJJ notes. Also, if you've got uh, friends out there, likely if you do jiu-jitsu and you listen to this podcast, you have friends who do jiu-jitsu and listen to podcasts. So, uh, you know, if you give us a recommendation to those folks, uh, we'd appreciate it. And uh, so with that said, if you aren't out there doing something each and every day to be better, get out there and do it. Phil and I choose jiu-jitsu. We hope you do too. Let's roll. Let's roll. Let's roll.